Welcome to the PSS Podcast. This is your host, Adam Steins. Well, here we are, our first podcast and first episode, and we're excited about this one. Today we're going to be talking to the President and CEO of PSS, Mike Saltagero, and our Director of Security, Ike Atlas. This was recorded in our showroom, uh, which is located at our headquarters in Chicago, Illinois. And yeah, we talk a little bit about products, and of course, I mean, it's a PSS podcast, but really... You know, the people and the passion behind these products. Every company has a story. And, you know, this is ours. But more importantly of the story, it's the why. You know, why we're doing this. And I think that is described pretty well here on this podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. And this first podcast is aptly named The Mike and Ike Show. All right, um, uh, Mike, uh, good to have you here. Uh, you want to give me a little bit of background? First, I want to thank you, Adam, for launching this podcast. This has been a long time coming, so kudos to you. Okay, who is Mike Saltagero? Let me try to sum it up for you. In order to know where you're going, you have to understand how you got to where you are right now. And then you would know and appreciate your why. I'm the first in my family to go to college. My father came to this country from Mexico. His biggest dream was to become an American citizen. So he joined the army in the early 60s. After coming home, his wish was granted. He became an American citizen. I was born and raised in a town west of Chicago called Aurora. After high school, I joined the military so it could help me pay for school. Not realizing that's where my career in security will begin as a U.S. Marine. That's where I got my training on how to identify vulnerability points of entry. And more importantly, how to exploit them. And understand what it really means to breach the path of least resistance. I learned the value and the importance of time and delay. I had the opportunity to use my skills in Panama during Operation Just Cause, and again in Iraq in Operation Desert Storm. After returning back to the Windy City, I went back to school and then went to work for a welding and supply technical support company called BOC Gases. That's where I learned the art of welding. Then I went to work for a small residential fence company, started off as a salesman, and then was promoted to vice president of operation. Shortly after that, with the help of my wife and my brother, I started Industrial Fence Inc., a fabrication and installation of ornamental fence company. And here we are, 22 years later. I just had my 30th wedding anniversary. I'm the proud father of three beautiful kids and recently became a grandfather. Uh, Also with us, as I uh, earlier said, I've got Ike Atlas with me. Ike, tell us a little bit about yourself. If you Um, can do that, like, is that possible? Yeah, yeah. Let me um, me keep all the unclassified stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, uh, yeah, Isaac Atlas, everybody calls me Ike, uh, since I was a kid, um, grew up on the dirt roads of Arkansas, um, had a choice when I was a teenager, either, you know, basically go to jail or go to the army. And I cho- chose to, to go to the army, um, joined the army as a, uh, combat engineer where they taught me basically everything that Mike was taught, basically how to build and breach, um, you know, barriers, anything from a fence up to very thick concrete, reinforced concrete. Um, did that for several years. Um, and then 9-11 happened. I ended up uh, joining Special Forces. I wanted to do something a little bit better for my country once, um, you know, the terrorist attacks happened. Okay. Um, so I tried to join the Special Forces as an engineer, um, but they made me a medic for some reason. And uh when I went to my command and asked them why, they said, well, because you're already trained as an engineer, you already know explosive breaching. 
now we want you to be a medic so you're dual purposed on the team and that's kind of how they 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 build me um but several years on a on a special forces operational detachment what special forces were you on uh, i was in third special forces group okay i was a green beret okay green beret um Spent several years at 3rd Special Forces Group, um, and then an opportunity came up for me to be part of a special mission team that did um, a liaison for a nuclear security between um, the, the military and, and the civilian side of physical security. And so I just I visited um, very high secure sites and uh, did vulnerability assessments for them and, and showed them their weaknesses, tried to penetrate where I could, and... Um, and fix uh, some of the weaknesses in the, the very high um, physical security world. Uh, retired in 2015 and met Mike Saltadrill soon after that. Um, well, and we'll get to what kind of what happened after that yeah. when you guys did meet. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to throw this back to Mike. Mike, so there you are. You start off, now you got your own company, Industrial Fence. How did, so obviously talk about IFI, all everything it's done, but then... How did that migrate to PSS that we know today? All right, so and, you, and, and you have to do it within 25 minutes. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to try. So industrial flats, when we first started, I, you know, I was just like, I wanted to, I, I, I realized what, what I knew. And what I knew was, and I knew that right. this country was very vulnerable when it comes to, to uh, security and to uh, uh, barriers. And I realized back early on that 85% of all security around a lot of our infrastructure was coming from overseas. You know, one thing about being a soldier is you're proud to be an American, you know, and I just wanted to bring that American value, you know, to the industry. And uh, so when I first started, I started off in manufacturing and I started manufacturing barriers and then cat catching on and join the union and everything else people got to know who we were and all of a sudden you know it's like we're we're considered like Johnny on the spot mm -hmm. and we actually got into a lot of uh, not just making manufacturing barrier but installing and we started installing fence barriers started installing guardrail we started doing you know railings stairs anything with anything steel, steel. Yeah, right so and then so we got our name branded out there and people just like you know we just we were just committed to the mission. Every job that we took was a mission for us, you know, and then we kind of like, uh, and a lot of people who work for us, you know, realize that and understand that. And then, uh, so I kind of, I kind of lost what I was really, why I really started the company, you know, and, and, uh, it was, it was great because, you know, the industrial fence has taken, you know, me to a whole different level, you know, in the construction and we got industrial fences pretty much branded in Midwest Chicago. But then it was like, it wasn't from, when my when my kids went to college, one of my daughters uh, got a marketing degree, and this was right when the Instagram, the Facebook, and all the social media was coming up. And like, oh man, it's like she, they, all my kids interned for me, you know. And then uh, when she graduated, I thought she was going to be my director, you know, social marketing, media, right. marketing, everything else. And, right. and then she told me, Dad, you know, I was like, I don't know how to tell you this, you know, I love what you've done for me and everything else, but you know, fence is not sexy. You know, all these young kids. What? Sexy. Yeah. No, what? Exactly, right? no, who, who goes to college because of that guy, right? Nobody goes to college, right? Nobody goes right there. They so, all come back to it. Yeah, 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 exactly, right? Exactly. So, 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 you know, I get it. You know, we, we're, we're living in a time where, you know, it's like, uh, it's just like all this stuff going on with uh, Apple and, and, and Microsoft and, you know, this innovation, you know, and I wanted to really, really harness it. Until I went seven years ago, I went to my very first ISC West show. Okay. Where I met this guy named James, and this guy was and and you guys never had the opportunity to go to an ISC West show. It's like Albert Einstein walking among you. Yep. I mean, everybody who has a booth there. I mean, it's the largest show on earth, right? Thirty thousand people show up, over a thousand exhibitors. But everybody who's exhibiting, they're not Albert Einstein because they're not dead yet. These are the future <laughs> innovators, right? Yeah. And I just fell in love with their stories and why they did it. I phone and I just sat there and talked for to this guy for about an hour, and this guy was just working in his mom and dad's garage, you know, and, and he just didn't want to miss, he didn't want to miss some the, product some or something. Product. Yeah, yeah, FedEx was, uh, you know, leaving stuff at the door, and he wanted to make sure that you know. And then all of a sudden, before I knew it, I was talking to the, the owner of Ring. Yep. Right, and it wasn't called Ring back then. So I, he actually, after forty-five minutes, he was selling his product 
there on the floor. He knew he had 10 by 10. And he just, I don't know if he wanted to get rid of me and just gave me it for free. Is that why there's so many rings around the show? (laughs) (laughs) But but I just just realized, you know, sometimes you stumble into things, right? And I said, you know, and I went to that, went back to the room and told my wife, honey, I realized what I want to do when I grew up. You know, I said, I know what I want to do now. You know, and I, and I want to be about this innovation because I, when I walked that floor and I looked at barriers, all the barriers that were systems that were, were on the show was all from overseas, Switzerland, Berlin, you know, Israel. Yep. Nothing was really by America, you know, and I, and I saw that stuff. And it, me being like, you know, trained to do vulnerabilities and looking at stuff. I tore that thing apart within 30 seconds. Well, and that that's the big part too, right? Like you'd, it's, you'd installed other perimeters for years, right? Yeah, you, knew, we, you knew what those vulnerabilities were. And there's also probably a piece of it too when you do put that up. You've got kind of a gut check, right? Yeah. Well, like gonna, you, you, you knew what, I mean, that's the hard part sometimes when you're in security. Oh, yeah. Like you see it all the time, whether it be a camera set up or anything else like that. It could not always be the right solution. It just, it's what got put in, right? Oh, yeah. We're, now we're 22 years in business, right? That was yeah. 15 years in business. And I asked, I, I back to my accountant, say, hey, how many hours do we have for on installation? So we have over 2 million, million man hours yeah. installing everybody else's barriers out there. So I not only manufacture our own barriers, but we we manu- we actually install everybody else's out there because I can't control what's back then. You know, call it good, call it junk, call it whatever you want to call it. It's in. But it's in, right? So we install it, you know, and it, and that's how that's what really kind of gave the creativity to the IFI twelve and the IFI fourteen. So that so even like the twelve and the fourteen, and then even what we'll talk about is even the severe cut, the six and nine. I mean, that's going to the drawing board um, in looking at and saying. Hey, how can I make mini mesh? And Ike, I, you can probably speak to this. So, you two met up, you know, at some point during after uh, Mike's like uh, paradigm shift, right? And I yeah. think it's kind of perfect timing. What did you see when you first talked with Mike? In what position are you? Because you were you were you'd done some assessments, correct? Yeah. At that point. Yeah, Mike and I worked on a, a billion dollar um, project together here in okay. Chicago um, at, with the utility. Um, and I saw him installing everybody else's stuff that I was basically telling. I was the security consultant. Mike was the manufacturer installer on this big billion dollar project. And um, I just saw Mike out there working, putting everybody else's products in. And then I came to visit him at, at the headquarters one day and just walked around in his manufacturing facility. And I believed he had some ifi six it wasn't even ifi six it was just six gauge chain link that you bought from china that you installed in your in your own backyard and uh we got to just bsing about how awesome it was and my experience in the nuclear industry and nuclear power and weapon industry um physical security world and how that is the new chain link fence that needs to be installed and we were kind of matter of fact in our in our conversation, <laughs> like, yeah, this is the new stuff. You know, this is what two guys have it all how, figured out. How do we not have this stuff already? How did we not even know that this existed? <laughs> right. And Mike, you know, he he told me then. He said, "Well, the only place you can get it is is from China." And he, he's he's like, "Man, based on our conversation, I think we should maybe start manufacturing this stuff." Is the way I believe it kind of. I remember that because I remember that was probably. I forget the year, but I remember I saw Mike at IC show. I think we were getting burgers for lunch or something like that, and he pulled out samples of the six. Yeah, and really at the time the I didn't lock bags. Yeah, So what? Whatever. We we had a great lunch, whatever. And then Mike left, and then me and Ike were sitting there, and Ike's like, "That stuff is badass." That's the shit. <laughs> and That's I'm just looking. Shit. I was like, "Well, that just looks like yeah. metal. Like just like you know, yeah. fragments of metal." Like, I don't, why is it good? Then he started explaining it to me. And then more so, like, when you start seeing uh, other types of barriers out there, it is different, right? There isn't a mini mesh like that out there on the market. And it's definitely not made in America, uh, whether it be, you know, it's sourced and manufactured here, which I think is huge. Um, And obviously, you know, we have the 12 and the 14, but really, Mike, I I want you to talk a little bit about the six and nine, like really, you know, extreme cut, where you see this going. Okay, so over the years, I, I made a lot of good friends with architects and engineers, and you know, and I had people ask me questions about, you know, what's the, what's the, what, when, and what can we make that can really withstand 
you know, cut. We, we all know about the ASTM 4th Century. It's been something that uh, they put out there for years. I think they did it in 1970, and it hasn't been upgraded. But that's the that's the fourth century that we're dealing with today. You know, we mm -hmm. look at specs and everything else, and the standard, the standard used across the board. Correct, so. correct. You know, and, and and everything else has changed, but the only thing that stayed the same was something like that. So, obviously, everything today in 2022, you know, is like it's so much more advanced, so much more tools. Back in 1970, nothing was battery, nothing was powered. I mean, so so the the test that they made is so obsolete. But unfortunately. In our industry, that we that's that's the standard that we have to to uphold, right? Which is nothing. Everybody can pass that. <laughs> but we wanted to super exceed it, right? And I had customers asking me about things like that, and they they knew and they understand there's a flaw in the industry, you know. And say, how can we change it? And I actually looked at what's they asked me about six gauge. Everything everybody knows about nine gauge. Everybody does changing something nine everywhere. Gauge. Nine gauge. Ninety-five. I, I think I did a study. Was it? Is it nine gauge, two inch diamond? Nine gauge, two inch airports. I mean, yeah. critical one, infrastructure. One to two inch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, diameter. One and Tony yeah. got changed about ten years ago. But yeah. prior to that, I mean, chaining fence was the very first fence systems. I mean, I think it was the, um, the McCoys and the, and the whatever. Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they didn't want to put a barrier in that. Well, of course there, they did. And that's what they call the chaining <laughs> fence, and it's been there ever since, right? Yeah. <laughs> But then, so we went to sixth gauge and we looked at it, you know, and I said, okay, when I, and I Googled it and I found, I found one company in California that can actually make it. And I said, I want it. it. Took me eight, 18 weeks to get here. And when it finally got here, it said made in China. Ugh. And I was like, oh, holy shit. You know, yeah. and, and I was like, wow. He's like, nope. And I, I researched it long and hard and nobody could make it here. Nobody can manufacture it. There's not even a machine made in America. So we, we've been installing chaining, we've been manufacturing two inch chaining fence and one inch chaining fence, nine gauge for, for a couple of years now. And I've reached out to the manufacturer who actually made my machine. So we're like, we, we consider ourselves like the weather tech of, of fencing. And also I say, hey, I want American made, you know, machine. Can you make this? And the guy said, yeah, I can. So what's it going to take? Somebody give me a PO. So, okay, and that's what I did. I signed a PO, and he made the machine. So we had the very first machine ever made that can actually make that. It's a very thin. I mean, six gauge. It's a, it's a sheet of steel. Yeah, it's a sheet of steel. So I mean, yeah, and yeah. have have that weave and, and on that, that on, that on tight, a five eight tight. That tight. Yeah, and I didn't know then what I know now. Because yeah. you know, since then we've did the cut. We did the ballistic. We you know we 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 shot at it. We done a lot of stuff that you know really. Validate, validate. Yeah. You know what Ike's been always saying since day one. You know what I mean? Until <laughs> until until then, it's like I was really excited about the twelve and the fourteen, and then Ike was like, "No, this is what you got. You got to really look and focus on the six. You know, and 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 for years, chain link and ornamental fence has been. You know, uh, everybody's trying. The ornamental, the fencing system, uh, companies would say, "Hey, we're better than chain link." You know, and 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 then they would show the three quarter nine expanded metal and the cut time, and everything else. By far, the IFI six extreme cut, and we've blown up every fence out there. There's nothing like this. This is the last system you will ever have to buy. Right, and 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 I think it's it. And I mean, well, and we talked about that. Like when you say, I mean, because you know, you talk about expanded metal. Like that would be our line of twelve and fourteen. Hey, you know what? For certain solutions, it's great. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what people, you know, or that's that's what you're going to need to secure a critical a asset. But really, I think you're going to see, and you know, I'm uh, what we see out on the out in the market is see a lot of turbine grading, right? And I find like uh, the severe cut can be a replacement for that. It's going to be cheaper and easier to work with, isn't that right? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think um, IFI six, that six gauge chain link, is a, definitely a replacement for like a turbine grading yeah. material, and it's not only like upholds kind of the same design basis threat you know um, tools tactics and procedures that adversaries are allowed to use but it's lighter it like installs faster there's no exposed like bolts on the outside like the turbine grading you have these kind of fasteners with a bolt on the yep. outside that you can actually get a tool yep, to from, from the unprotected side and yep. um, all of our stuff is is, is anti bracket anti being well, able to touch something that can take it apart from the unprotected side and i think that's again that's not just ifi6 it's just a, a great chain link but it, it definitely um, compares to 
some of the most strong shit out there. <laughs> right. And, and well, and so you just said a word. And, and so pe- we say this all the time. So, you know, whether it be the 12 to 14, you know, expand the metal or the mini mesh, you know, we tell people, you're like, bracketless. Hey, we're bracketless. Hey, we're bracketless. And, you know, we'll have installers ask us, like, what are you talking about brackets right you've got to have brackets to hang and do it you know if yeah. you're going to do a fence correctly yeah. and you know we sound crazy we're like no 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 you don't and actually when you have those brackets it makes it less secure mm-hmm. you know the, your perimeter yeah, so um so uh mike you want to talk a little bit like when we say bracketless what does that mean you know, on the 12 and the 14 because i'm sorry the 12 to 14 and the mini mesh wrap you know there's two ways that we can install this yeah you know, it, it, it brings me to a story I talked to you guys about. Is uh, we were doing a substation where Ike was actually um, he 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 wasn't part of the uh, PSS family at the time. You know, and then we had to report to Ike, and and uh, pretty much we're installing. Oh this, man, reporting to Ike. Yeah, we we're, we're, report, we're reporting. We were actually installing this, you know, this system that comes from overseas, and a lot a lot to do with it is that uh, we we were falling behind. On installing it because some of the brackets didn't show up right and even though we had panels the brackets weren't there and if we don't put it if we don't install it correctly by design then you know it's just we weren't the warranty mm-hmm. so we had to wait so it, it and it was backlog it was coming from overseas and it's like putting a system together is like putting a label set i would say you know and and when i bid that job you know man hours is basically what you bid man hours and when these guys came back after a week and we saw that we ate up, you know, majority of our man hours in one week mm-hmm. and we had nothing to show for it. You know, because the fact of the matter, they had to put everything together. So we realized right there and then the more brackets you have, the, the more vulnerability you're going to be. You know, so I took, at that time we had 2,000 man hours, you know, already logged in installation of our product and their product. Right, and before this is before the IFI 12 and the IFI 14. So I brought my foremans and my supervisors in, and we sat around a round table and we started creating this product. And we said, okay, and so like I don't know if you guys ever read that, that uh, book from Steve Jobs, right? You know, and uh, how he created uh, his work. He says, hey, I, if I want to look at the weather, if I want to look at stock, I want three clicks, right? So I said I wanted to create a system that had only three nomenclatures. Mm-hmm. Everybody looked at me like I was freaking crazy, right? <laughs> I said, this is what I want. Three, three of it. I want this to be able to install like you install drywall. You know, yep. one, boom, 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 right? Framework and panels. That's it. That's and, it. And, and fixtures. I, yeah. And I, and I came back, and these guys were all excited, and they had six Norman pagers. Okay, they're halfway there. That's, that's why I told them at the end of the day, you guys are halfway there. You realize it. When we installed this product at a substation, you know, for an energy company, I mean, within 12 feet, we had like, I don't know, 21 nomenclatures. Freaking crazy. 21 on? On, on, on 12 oh feet. Oh, my gosh. Bolts, nuts, brackets. That's 21 vulnerabilities. Oh, some some yeah. folks don't to be surprised at them. Some folks have 80 plus in a 12-foot set. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 80 yeah. plus well, it, fixtures. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at it also like obviously the security standard or, you know, just the security, but also just getting all that ordered and done correctly oh, sounds like logistically sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. When, when, when you're buying from overseas, it's about how much can I put in a container? Yep. If I cut a panel down half the size, put two more brackets. On the bracket industry, oh my God, oh, yeah. it's like 400% markup, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, they're, they're making machines that, you know, that spit out these brackets within minutes, right? The, so the board directors say, hey, put another bracket on it, right? Yeah, right. Because, because they make 400% of these brackets, you know? It's just a piece right. of, so, so yeah. So we took all that over there. We made it really, really realize, hey, how can this, how can we make a product that can really stand, withstand and actually prevent people from, people like myself and Ike who can look at a system and say, hey, this is all, this is what I'm going to bring. This is what I'm going to do, and I'll be in there in 30, 30 seconds. You know what, though? That's interesting, though, because really, that's that thought process is counterintuitive to a complete to a business owner. Mm-hmm. All right? Like, a business owner is going to want to have 50 different brackets. So, you know, and you're now saying, like, nah, we don't need that. We need to do this right. Correct? Well, right. The, the, the thing is, I don't know if it's a problem or what, but over the years, people have been taught that the more fixtures you have, the more fasteners that you put in something, is going to take a bad guy that 
much longer to disassemble those. The, the problem with that scenario is that the bad guys aren't bringing a 916 inch impact wrench to unbolt your shit. They're bringing a torch or explosives and they're blasting through it. So you can't, you can't say the more fasteners, the better. That Number one, that identifies to me as a bad guy where I need to disassemble, number one. Number two, if you don't have a response that can get there to me, you know, in the timeline that I'm disassembling your stuff, then you have no fight in the game anyways. Yep. So the only solution, Mike figured it out real early on, is remove the fasteners, remove identification from the bad guy to where he can disassemble your stuff and make it beefier so your, res so your laggy response actually has a chance to catch up to them. Ah, okay. You know, when I first met Ike, we did the Ike certification. You know, we have the cut time. For the IFI 6, it's only like, it's like, I think it was close to seven minutes to get through it. Mm -hmm. Right? And that yeah. was using torches, cut, like. Um, that was using hand tools. Yeah. Um, it was, if, we, if we're doing the whole comparison, the, the IFI 2, 9, and 6, right? Um, it, we used the same person, same tools. And it took six or seven times, no, not even that, 14 or 15 times longer to cut a, a get through there, right? Than the, than the well, and that, and that goes, you got to get like a certain diameter cut open. So, so you got to like, get 96 square. You got to be able to fit a human body. Human body through yeah. there, right. And, and I reminded me, and, and uh, that's one, one reason why he's my security director of security. Because when you at the end of the day, you realize that, you know, why are you doing what you're doing and what and why is it what's most important and we're we're in a business of time you know delaying time in the military is what we do i mean i don't care what kind of wall you have people can get through it you know at the end of the day it's like how can you i delay time right how can i delay time and when we took a two inch and we took a one inch then we took a five eighths and we went to six gauge you know, and we did the cut time. That was one thing. We were like, I, I was like excited when I saw, you know, when these guys came out there. It was independent. You know, they, they sitting here grinding. Not yeah, and and, and they couldn't get through it. You know, and it was like they had these these guys are all military. You know, Navy SEALs, Marine Recon. You know, infantry, <laughs> Green Berets, and everything else. And they're like, there's no way they they're going to take everything they have to get through it. And then when when I saw the time they came through, it's like wow. You know, like, I believed in my product before more than I. My product. Right. I didn't realize what it could do. No, I can vouch for that. I yeah. just had the experience <laughs> yeah, of doing it. Exactly. Yeah. And then when he says, like, hey, hey, you know what? Mike, we got we gotta go out and blast this. Really? Yep. He said, we got I, I know I know I, I know it in my hearts of hearts it's gonna work, you know, but hey, I've been around C4. I, I know what it looks like, what happens when you launch a grenade, right? I seen that. Like, oh shit, it's okay, dude, like let's let's do it. And we took not only our product, we took everybody else's product out there yep. to the range. And to my surprise, man, right when we saw that and we looked at each other, I remember looking at you, right? And then we saw after the explosion, it's like, holy shit. We looked at each other, it's like, we got something. Yep. We got something bigger than everything else. I mean, because nobody else would put the dirt. No way, I put my name, my reputation on that test. Mm -hmm. And we did it. Yep. I mean, and how many people were going to do it? Because it's, it's not about corporate dollars, it's about how can keep America safe. Yep. I mean, how can we keep our national resource and how can we delay time? Well, and you know what, too, is I, I was, uh, I, don't, I don't mean to uh, top mic here, but um, what was it? It was a couple months ago we were sitting there talking. And uh, obviously, there's there's people that reach out to us. They're excited about the Brackless technology, especially installers, because they know they can cut down how many labor hours they've got to have on that job, right? And it's going to be more secure. It's going to be easier to put together, right? You know, put up this barrier system. Oh, we did it. Just did it with the last job, right? With the guys that. Um, we're super excited when they got all of our stuff. Yeah, already. Right. Like we did. We did a, <laughs> already put together. We did a panel like all already set to go because it's different, right? Yeah. And it. Um, but you know what? I, I remember Mike said something, and I mean, you can expand on. It. I was like, Mike, like this bracket stuff is pretty kick. Bracketless stuff is kick ass. It's like some point, you know, other people are going to start copying this. And you know what Mike said? Mike's like, I hope so. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, oh, what do we got to do? You know, it wasn't like a like a rat holding a piece of cheese in the corner, right? Mike said, no, I hope so, 
because then I know that that site that they use, it's going to be secure. That's right. And really, you know, and that resonates, that resonates through PSS. I think that's all our thinking. Um, and I, and uh, I hope people start, kind of, I, I know there's people out there that do, but really that's how we look at security. It's the right way to do that. Oh, absolutely. Innovation yeah. happens every day. You know, when we sat down and looked at our core values of our company, you know, and we ranked innovation because changes is edible. You know, if you, if you keep the same way running the company, like I ran it 10 years ago, I wouldn't be in business today. Mm. So I always kind of got to change. I always got to be up on the latest technology, the latest weapon, the latest tool, mm-hmm. you know, how I can combat that. I mean, because, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be forever. But if I can look into time, you know, and say, hey, what, what can work for tomorrow, right? What can be ready for tomorrow's threat? Because obviously I see more things than anybody else can see. And Ike does it all the time. That, he lived that for, for I mean, he retired off of that, yep. right? So if we can build something and really this, all we're trying to do is just buy time. If we can buy time and get first responders out there, I mean, what the two inch mesh, chaining fence, you can cut it in, within 30 seconds. Yep. Can you imagine being that security guard and say, hey, we got an entry in the North Gate, right? Yeah, who is that North security sector, guard, right? right. So you're, you're getting this phone call, right? You're getting this yeah. phone call, and you say, can you repeat? Yeah. By the time you say, can you repeat? They're, they're in. in. They're in. Right? With the IFI 6, just cutting it, you know you have seven minutes. In my world, in Ike's world, we can unleash a budget. Yeah. I mean? And so, so, we, so we know what it takes. Can you imagine the security strategy change with just a physical security perimeter beefy enough to keep somebody at bay? Because right now, if you've got an 11-gauge, 2-inch mesh chain-link fence around your property, and you get a call, just like Mike just said, if you get a call and said, hey, we got an alert that somebody's cutting your fence, before that message is finished, they're already through your fence. And your strategy at that point, your response strategy is to most likely go to the nearest critical asset within your perimeter. Instead of pushing your resources out to the perimeter away from your assets like you should be doing. Yep. It's yeah. all about time and delay. It's keeping the bad guy outside of your perimeter for as long as you can respond to it. Well, and, and that's what's interesting, too, is that, you know, we're in the security industry. You know, what's dominated? There's a lot of light meat technology. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different, you know, there's mm-hmm. radars. There's, you know, there's detections. There's, yep. you know, AI, all this different stuff. Electricity-based. <laughs> yeah, electric. But really, that first that first point of contact is the barrier, right? Always. And oh, so, yeah. you, you know, and, and, it's, and it's been Sometimes like that. Sometimes it's a camera or some kind of sensor that alerts you. But it's still going to have to hit that barrier, right? That person is coming through that physical barrier, right? And I mean, you can that, watch them on your camera all day long. And, it, and that's something too, is you know, you you can look at a, I cry, uh, what was it? We were, I don't know where we were driving. You know, if you go up past like some of these old like uh, Civil War fields, right? Those barriers are still up from that war, right? Oh yeah. And it's because they knew like that first point of contact is everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, in our world, to five Ds, right? Yep. And then the, the last D is defend, right? So if you're cutting through a two-inch nine-gauge, within, within seconds you're in. Mm-hmm. And you're going to def- defend in the five Ds is the last. But if you're defending, you're in trouble, right? That's the last so, thing. So you're sending everybody to defend, right? Yeah. Deter, detect, delay, yeah. right? So that If you're a, going from detect to defend yeah. and you're skipping That's a couple not good. things in yeah. the middle, yeah. Well, that makes your strategy a little bit difficult, I mean, you it? just yeah. and, and what, People do it all day long. That's yeah. some people's strategy, but yeah. it's most likely because they don't have the barrier to keep people out. And you know what the scary part of it is right there? And I, and I tell you, and I'm only saying this right now in open mic, is that 85% of our critical infrastructure is right to defend. Mm-hmm. Yep. We need to change that. And if it's and what you're doing right now is helping push in that. When you talk about critical infrastructure, we need to get there. The thing that keeps me up at night is EMT, and we'll talk about that, you know, because cameras are great, microwaves are great, everything else. But the last, last Those aren't going to stop that. No. Yeah. As soon as an EMP or some other electrical um, 
something that blocks electrical sources, um, your only defense is going to be the physical barriers that are out there in place. Well, and I, and I think that's something, you know, our product, you know, PSS is developed for critical infrastructure, right? Yeah. Like you're not, you're not going to put i I'm not going to put IFI six up behind to keep, uh, make sure my dog stays in the yard. Right. Yeah. Like not, probably not for another 10 or 15 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not. A couple it's more not, administrations. From yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and you can get sued because your dog. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but I, and, uh, I, that's, that's what I see it, you know, and, and that needs to be said is that, you know, this is designed for strictly critical infrastructure and, um, the thought process and everything, obviously, because everybody's background, that's going to, I mean, that's where it's going to go to. Right. Yeah. Well, you um, know, with Ike's background and myself, you know, we reverse engineered this. We looked at worst possible, mm-hmm. right? What is the worst possible? I mean, the second after, the minute after, what is the world going to look like, right? And if you can look at everything you do and it reverse engineer it, that's where you need to start. It's not about where the biggest fluff and the money you can make. I mean, it could, and, and this revision, that revision. No, let's start with the end in mind. Yep. And that's what we're doing. You yep. know? And, and the end today be different from the end tomorrow right well that's and the whole we, thing and, 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 that, and that's that's what we spend our time we spend our time researching it seeing it understanding that's our circle i mean if it's not it's not that we wake up thinking about it but we got we got people right now overseas that we have friends talking about what our threat for tomorrow is i mean i when i even when i was in in panama back in the late 80s there was stuff that you know i mean that's that just coming to light today that we had back then. Right. I mean, so, so yeah, those are the things that we wanted. Mike, anyway. I've seen the show Narcos. I know exactly <laughs> what's going on. Right? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, no, that's interesting. So you kind of lead it up like, like you can't, you can't future proof fence, right? You can't future proof perimeter. But you know, what's, you know, what's going to be that thought process? Like, cause you know, obviously you have the solution now. What do you think there's some things like, not only barrier, but security needs to focus on in the future. Um, I took a big, deep breath there. Well, yeah, because I get asked this question. I know. I did, actually, about what does a security team need most, right. right? And it's training. It's not fences, and it's not cameras, and it's not technology. It's money, and it's training. They need to know how to shoot through stuff and... Uh, look down their sites and how to change magazines and, and stuff like that. And what again, what's going to help them is all the other stuff, all the concentric rings of security, all of our parts and pieces together all help them. I'm not here to say one helps more than the other, other than the training aspect. And I know we're here talking about all of our stuff and our products, but I think training is definitely... Uh, the number one thing. The number two thing is the physical security part of it. It's, it's, again, going back to the time delay, you're human against human. And it longest, the longer you can keep a human at your perimeter with a well-trained person behind a rifle or whatever kind of weapon system they're using, that's your... And how to act on that? That's where those 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 rings come together. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where you get that that, that middle piece, yeah. and where everything kind of drives in harmony. Um, but you can't have any of that stuff without a strong physical perimeter. Well, and even I, I would say too, just even like some of the things that have come up, uh, we've had a couple of solutions for customers where you know it seems like. Uh, well, I, I mean, I don't know if it's because the climate or anything else like that. Rapid deployed barrier seems to be really popular right now, and it's getting, you know, we get asked about it a lot, you know, yeah. whether because of the, uh, you know, there's you know, the protests going on. I mean, Ike, you were up in Portland for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we see it down here, and even just for mass, you know, like say a big concert, right? Like even, you know, uh, that's one thing I see happening a lot, or I see a big trend on is rapid deployable and, and it could be whether it be on a jersey block you know we can put panels on top of that but mike do you want to talk i mean we kind of talked about you know what we want to do in the future on that rapid deployable piece of it yeah no it's, it's, it's very important because you know when 
when uh, a situation happens, I mean, it's it, we've been a country of reaction. They were proactive, right? And thank God there's people out there that really look at, you know, worst case scenario. Well, God forbid something ever happens, like an EMP to this country. Mm-hmm. How vulnerable are we going to be? I mean, I mean, can you make it to your, your grandparents' house without a GPS? Because right? everybody's without now... Without your car. Without your car. I mean, how, how are you going to get there and stuff like that, you know? So... So those are the things that nobody thinks about until it happens. Nobody would predict COVID. I mean, right. walking through, I mean, I remember 20 years ago, walking, 10 years ago, walking through the airport and seeing, you know, people with the mask on. And I, I looked at them, they, they, they were crazy. And that's the norm today. I mean, so you have to prepare for it. You, you hope to God and pray that it never happens. But when it does happen, you have to have systems ready to go. So when you talk about rapid deploy, rapid deploy doesn't mean like, okay, it's going to take me two weeks to get something. No, you want it tomorrow. <laughs> you want it right now. I mean, this is what's going to save lives and defense it. I mean, so we have taken our products and realized and made to, to make it work and to understand. I mean, having two million man hours installing something and over a million hours manufacturing it, Really you start figuring out a little bit about barriers, absolutely, right? Absolutely. And, you, and, and in our world, in construction, is change orders because nothing ever fits. Nothing ever works, right? Mm-hmm. So we 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 just we establish a system that's independent. You know what I mean? So, hey, if there's a fiber optic line and we have to move our post three feet this way or three feet that way, we can do it and still meet the wind load, mm-hmm. right? And, and with our product, we won't sell anything without a Category 3. Right, I mean, because you know, natural disasters is huge. Right, we 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 can't control Mother Nature. Right. No, that yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that causes a lot of damage. Absolutely, and you you're looking out your kitchen window, watching the dishes, and you know, right, and you're looking at a substation, right? Because we're (laughs) real estate's getting thin now, right? Very dense communities and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. We make it. That's why we developed the I five fourteen because we want to make aesthetically pleasing. Right, but you know that some of the stuff that's out there, I mean, it's right, and it, that's that's a weapon. I mean, you get a hurricane going through it; those brackets are not going to hold up. Yep, brackets are not going to hold up. Right, so that's why we decided, hey, let's make it bracketless. Let's make a system that's going to stand time. I mean, ready for tomorrow. Even well, if it's even if it's a threat, human or national disaster, we want to be ready for it. And those are the things that you need to really realize. Nobody else is looking at that. Well, and I think, yeah, and, and, and it's uh, and even when you say, like, uh, let's say an incident happens downtown Chicago, you need barrier up. You know what? You don't have time to go sit there and put down posts. And generally, the fencing that goes up there, you know, somebody just breathe on it, it's going to push over. And so, you know, coming up with a solution using, you know, critical, I'm sorry, critical infrastructure kind of pedigree. I think that's a game changer. Oh yeah, I mean, the, the IFI six. Yep. I mean, just a couple of years ago in Las Vegas, look what happened then. Yep. Right. We got the ballistic report now. I mean, so it's like, yeah, does it shield you from a bullet? No. No. But does it fragmentation keep it away? Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like that's what I mean. Those are the little things that nobody realizes. You know, I mean, hey, if I have a direct sight, you know, and I want to take you out, and I gotta go to an IFI six. You know, and I have my sights on you, and you got to go through my six before it gets you. Mm-hmm. You're more likely not going to get hit. Yeah. The fry's going to take it. It's, it's just a whole different engineering to it. Yeah. You want to expand on that anything, Ike? Uh, yeah. I did have something to say, but the conversation went too long. Well, we're, we we go back to um, taking those test panels out to the nuke site, right, and shooting through them. Kind of your last comments, and um, yeah, we shot we shot through them at a distance from, you know, the the test panels of IFI six were at a distance from the shooting position of normal range of what they would be typically on a perimeter, and with the witness panels that we had behind it, we were able to show that you can shoot through it and it spalls and fragments the bullets, and it still hits your target behind them, but likely the, those targets aren't going to be dead, right? They're not going to, you're going to incapacitate them, especially if they're But that creates guys. delay, correct? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely, you're creating a little bit of delay. 
you're also incapacitating, incapacitating that person that could potentially be a harm back to you. And they're at a sh such a short distance shooting through the fence that those fragmented bullets, by the time they get to you, have lost their velocity. And you're behind typically you know, a defensive fighting position or something like that. So in that, in just that one specific test, we were able to show that shooting from an inside to outside, you were able to incapacitate whatever threat what there was um, outside, and then they couldn't shoot back because the velocity of the broken up bullets um, would would dissipate before they got to you. And going back to like uh, like a Lollapalooza event or like some outdoor event where like an active shooter might be there and he's actually he's shooting through and it hits our barrier the ifi six yes it may incapacitate like a concert goer but it's not going to kill them mm. like a typical active shooter would be without a barrier like ours right you might catch some frag you might get some cuts from fragmented bullets but you're not going to be dead most likely well even even for just even on on something like that like uh Sure, you got this whole shooting aspect and the ballistics, but I also look at it as, you know, if you just pull up YouTube videos and say, like, just go look at Lollapalooza videos, right? We did it. You watch people jump on those fences. Oh, That's yeah. dangerous, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a, I mean, just crowd control, number one, but you see people going over that, falling on their head. You know they're you know they're hurt right away you know and again that's like another huge problem for the city you know keeping those people out is important there's a reason there's a barrier there right and it's they don't know it you know when, when you're drunk and young you want to jump the fence oh, yeah. sounds like a great idea yeah. right yeah. but there's you know those barriers are there for a reason to keep you safe oh yeah now now we're going to keep the mortality rate low yeah but the scale you can't scale an ifi six five eight you can't climb it yeah i mean and and you know and we conducted our test was 5.62, 7.6 military grade ammo. People are, are, are who harming this are looking at nine millimeter, s s smaller caliber, typical, right? Typical yeah. caliber yeah. and stuff like that. But we did actually military grade, and that's what we that's what we actually conducted our test on. Mm -hmm. I mean, so small arm fire. I mean, ultimately mortality. I mean, we want to keep that low rate. Yep. Right there, if they hey, I'd rather have somebody, you know go to the ER in, in a couple hours because of fresh wood versus somebody yeah, that's somebody's family yeah. their child or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. right. those are the things that I tell you when things like that happen and I know about you I myself I look at it and say you know what I, I go back to the drawing board I mean, what can I do what can we how can we eliminate that how can how can we take what we learned well, and, and, you know, and, and do something and develop it and that's why I mean I the IFI 12, the IFI 14, even the IFI 6, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many revisions we've gone. Yep. And, and it's not going to stop. It's going to continue Well, that's going. the thing. This is, this is going to continue, continue going. going. It's continue yeah. going, right? The, the more threat we see, the more we're going to develop this and we're going to grow it. We're right. Dead, right there. And when I talked, talked about, you know, his experience, you know, and everything else, and, but, you know, education, you know, we, we need to develop, you know, to educate well, and, it, and that's that's something we'll talk on another podcast, but really, you know, that kind of goes in the passion behind the product is also the training of it. You know, Ike said it a couple of times, you said it, and that's why, you know, uh, you know, we're actually, we're sitting in it right now at the PSS showroom in Chicago, right? And the showroom was designed, I mean, sure, we got some cool fencing up in here. We got some other technology, but it's a place to learn, right? Yeah. And uh, it's really, training center, it's going to be so. training. It's, it's, of course, it's for us, but it's. It's for, you know, the installers, you know, uh, the security people we work with, because it's, you know, this is a, it's a pretty big ecosystem. And, it's for uh, the security of America. I, I'll cut in real quick. I'll go ahead. And I'll go back to what you asked a question earlier about, you know, how, you know, basically Mike and I kind of started working together at PSS. We had, we did a, a ballistics test and we drove from wherever we were back to Chicago we had several hours in the car together and we talked about my role and and how we wanted PSS to kind of form and stuff like that and we probably talked it was again about a three-hour drive we probably talked 15 minutes on financials and two hours and 45 minutes on how can we keep America safe yep that's Literally, great the only reason that we are working together is because we want to make america safer than it is and make you know 
make our company uh, you know better in the process but literally two percent of that conversation was on making money or financial stuff <laughs> oh, the rest of it was all about how do we how do we fix the vulnerabilities in america with our products you know i don't know about you I, myself you know included that you know the best time i've ever lived was being a soldier I mean, the brothers I made in Iraq, the brothers I made in Central America was a time in my life where, you know, we all had the same common goal. You know, and I'm just taking what I've learned and developed this company and try to have this spirit of core. But PSS has brought not only a brotherhood, but brought a common goal, you know, to understand, you know, our core value is how do we keep America safe? I mean, and I... I don't know about you, I, I still feel like I'm still serving. You know, I'm serving a better Well, we're definitely serving. We're just considering serving oh, a yeah. good. I feel so like. I, we never, you retire, you leave, you know, as a soldier, but in your hearts of hearts, you're always going to be that. Yeah. I mean, and this, to me, is just, just changing. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just doing a little bit of our part to change the world, to yeah. keep it safe. Right there, so. That's, that's been a mantra between us for as long as I've known you, six or seven years now, yeah. Well, that's great. I think that's a good way to bookend this uh, first podcast. All right, that concludes episode one of the PSS podcast. I'd like to thank uh, both Mike Saltagerl and Ike Atlas for sitting down and having that conversation with us. The goal is hopefully you got a better understanding of the people uh, behind the products here at PSS. Looking forward to episode two. We got a special guest joining us, giving us some insight on different security practices within the industry. So go ahead and hit that follow button. You'll be notified right away when the new podcast is released. Until next time, this is Adam Steins, and thank you for the listen. Yeah.